Hi everyone, welcome to How to Live, a podcast that explores ways to live a good life. I'm your host Sharad Lal. This is episode 19. Today's episode is the second part of our conversation with Stephanie Dixon. Many of us have faced or are facing mental health challenges. The global pandemic has magnified this. In today's episode, Steph opens up about her struggles with anxiety and darkness. For background, Steph is a high-performing entrepreneur, a pioneer in the space of sustainability and climate change in Asia. She founded Green is the New Black, Asia's first conscious festival and media platform. She's a two-time TEDx speaker, a prestige 40 under 40, leader of Tomorrow by Tatler. Having excelled at the highest levels, Steph has had her shares of struggles with mental health. In today's episode, she talks openly about the anxiety and darkness that periodically confront her. What's it like? How does she face up to it? What's worked for her? Steph shares multiple practical tools and resources that all of us can use for our mental well-being. It takes tremendous courage to talk about one's mental health challenges in a public forum. We have the deepest respect for Steph in doing so. But before getting to the interview, here's thanking all of you for supporting this podcast. With your support, we are now listened to in 465 cities across the world. We are ranked among the top 5% of all podcasts globally. Thank you for this. Please do consider giving us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this. Here's the interview. You're a successful entrepreneur. You're an inspiration to so many people. You've set up a business. You're an activist. Can you talk a little bit about the ups and downs over the last few years? It's certainly been a roller coaster. <laughs> I've suffered a lot from anxiety and I just call it darkness now because it's a little bit of depression, it's a little bit of anxiety, it's a little bit of insomnia. So I've been battling in and out of the darkness for ever since I can remember to be very honest. And a lot of stuff gets exasperated with the work that I do being an entrepreneur and being a female and putting a lot of pressure on myself in the beginning, just also having a lot of impatience and wanting to be further along in my journey than I was. So that was a big battle for a long time. And then on top of that COVID, I think so many of us suffered very greatly with mental health and darkness moments during the last couple of years of the pandemic and i think if you already suffered from these types of mental health issues that was just amplified and hit you even harder and so i just think that this is a really important conversation to normalize and speak about i speak about it a lot because it's tough it's it's hard living being humans hard sometimes and being an entrepreneur is really difficult what is that darkness like how do you see it where does it sit so when the darkness comes up for me it's very debilitating i get really sad i get really heavy everything feels just dark it's hard for me to be joyful or get excited about things when sometimes i i go deep into existential crisis around having kids or not having kids should i bring children into this world should i how am i going to get through what if i they get my anxiety but worse or what if the world gets even worse <laughs> so i it goes very dark sometimes i am still like a performing darkness person <laughs> so i can still get stuff done but it's not healthy because then i'm pushing myself and that's when i burn out and i burn out after every single festival and i i love what i do 
but the events are exhausting and I push myself so hard because I can, and then I completely collapse afterwards. And that's just not healthy also. So also trying to figure out more healthy ways to just be and be able to work. It really is all consuming sometimes and everything just feels really heavy. So that's what the darkness is like. And it can be And then it's normally, if especially if I'm very anxious, it affects my sleep more. So then I have these horrible nightmares and then wake up feeling really anxious and unrested. And that is, that's a vicious cycle because when you don't sleep, then everything else is just so much harder throughout the day. So that's the darkness. It's not pleasant to hear. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. I know it's very difficult to do. And I heard your interview where you talked about being a perfectionist, whether it's your events and, and putting yourself fully out there. And I don't know if that's related to darkness where you're pushing yourself and that is straining you. My battle with perfectionism has been as debilitating or a huge part of the darkness because that is a lot to do with what I thought of myself and what others, what I wanted others to think of me as well. And at the end of the day, I was, it was operating a lot out of a place of fear And I've done a lot of work to let go of a lot of that and not be so perfect all the time. Of course, I still have my moments as most people do, but now I just realize like perfection sucks. It's painful and it's neurotic and anxiety inducing and keeps me all, you know, like round up like a little ball trying to control everything like a control freak, but that's not normal. And when I manage to find myself more in a place of love or flow or just relax and peace and go a little bit slower, then actually things work so much better. And there's just acceptance that not everything goes perfectly all the time. And at the end of the day, I feel like things always work out, even though they're really difficult and painful at the time. When you look back, things do work out the way they're supposed to, even though that can be a really difficult pill to swallow when you are going through a tough time. So yeah, I think I really have let go a lot of the perfectionism side as much as I can. There's still things that I think are neurotic and especially my husband has to deal with a lot of it. (laughs) But (laughs) I think there is a way to loosen the grip and it is quite freeing and empowering in a very counterintuitive way for a perfectionist. But then afterwards it becomes, oh, okay, if that's how this feels and I'm going to do more of it. And it reinforces a different type of behavior, which is great. Steph, you're like a high performer with tremendous self-awareness, a tremendous concern for the planet, for the world, for people who you work with. It's, I don't know what to say. Thank <laughs> Look, you for doing it. It's taken a long time to get here. I've battled in and out of the darkness for a long time and done a lot of work to get to this level of self-awareness. And I'm still not even halfway there, but it's exciting. I love the personal development work. I think it, it really, in it, when you get make progress, it's, oh my gosh. And it's just the best feeling actually for me. Like I, I just love when I get more into the light and I can see things in a different way and I handle things in a way better way than older stuff would have done. It's, oh, I can actually be proud. Look at that. Look at the progress. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you talk through some of the work that you've done and some tools that have been useful to you? Yeah. I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. I, the first thing I did was journaling. That was really helpful to get out of my head in the beginning. I did a lot of meditation back then. Uh, I've fallen, I've gone in and out of meditation. Now I I meditate every day for 10 minutes with a great app called Waking Up with Sam Harris, which I love. Oh, yes. 
yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, lots of that. Then I started exercising consistently and that's been game changing for me. I do something called the class and it's by this lady in the US. It's 40 US a month. It's all online. And it's a mix between, I would say, hit strength training and then mindfulness practice. So they give you these little prompts and you also shake it out. You make a lot of noise. And I think the biggest thing shift for me is getting into my body. And with something like this, where it's a guided mindfulness practice as well, and you really get into your body, you're shaking a lot of the stuck emotion and getting out of my head is a very toxic place sometimes. So if I can get into my body, everything gets better. And so that was a huge thing for me. I did gene keys, which we could do a whole podcast just on gene keys. It is fascinating. It basically creates a blueprint of from the moment you were born, basically calculate and understand how your genes are made up. It was just like a mirror being held up in front of me and reading all of these things about how I was made up and how I'm wired. For me, when I have language and understanding about the patterns that I have, it just gives this whole depth of understanding and awareness that I never had before because some things just I wasn't able to explain or describe and then or even see the patterns. And then when you do this kind of work, you're actually able to see, oh yeah, that's exactly the shadow that I go into when this happens or, and that is a gift that I have. And it's just really empowering. So that was a huge on the mental side. And recently I've been doing a lot of breath work and somatic healing and somatic healing is all about shifting all the stuck emotion and all getting out of your head and deeply into your body because our bodies are magical places and they really get stuck with a lot of the emotion over the year and that trips us up. And so when we can shake it all out and everything, and and that has really taken me to a whole nother level recently. I think that one of the biggest things is getting out of my head. So anything that gets me out of my head into my body and especially breath work, it's so powerful. And I do it with a therapist that brings me back to my childhood and we then heal wounds that I've been carrying around or patterns that started when I was like five or six or even 18. That's huge because then you deeply understand why your body goes into a certain way, why you go into a certain pattern and to be able to release that, it's just like letting go of all this heavy baggage and you're like, okay, I can breathe again. You mentioned when you do some of this and you can see changes in yourself that Steph from four years ago would have done something different, but Steph today has done this, even if it's a small step, you're making progress. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I I think one of the biggest things, my husband is an amazing teacher uh, for me because I used to be much more of a shitty, snappy wife or fiance back then. And now I'm way more patient. So little moments with him where it's like, oh, handled that really well. (laughs) It's like those little things that are great. But then also I think just general things like in the entrepreneur journey, there's always things that can derail you, especially if you're highly sensitive or emotional or exhausted or whatever. There's just so many little things that can massively trip you up. And I used to get tripped out and I used to sit and ponder and focus and stress about so many different things. And now I find that when stuff goes wrong, it's okay. Or when things don't go my way, there's just a little bit more acceptance around it. I mean, like, okay, I don't need to spiral out on this. And I don't need to make all these assumptions anymore. And I'm not going to take any of this stuff personally. And those were big lessons that I learned and allowed me to have those little moments like, oh, Steph would have taken that really personally, completely spiraled out for three days on that. But new Steph is, okay, it is what it is. I'm not going to create a whole story around that and just moves on. And then a couple of hours later, the, the explanation of what actually happened comes out. And <laughs> you were like, yeah, great. 
good thing I didn't spiral out and create a lot of stories around that. So I think a book that I've reread recently that helped with this is The Four Agreements, hmm. which is a fantastic book. It's all Tolik wisdom. And that talks about the four agreements, which are being impeccable with your word, not taking anything personally, not making assumptions and always doing your best. So that's been my mantra for like last six months. I do it every morning before I get out of bed, like repeat it in my head. And that's been hugely helpful for this progression as well to not make assumptions because I am a big story creator and assumption maker. And so now having that little, oh, no, let's not create, let's not make assumptions and just wait and give space to things. And then actually the reality comes out. That's been yeah, a big shift. Are there any other books that you would recommend other than Four Agreements that have really helped you in this journey? Yeah. One of the books that really deeply changed my life was You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. That is just a fantastic book. So Louise Hay was the founder of Hay House Publishing back in the day. I think it was in the 80s. She wrote You Can Heal Your Life. It was her first book. And at the time, no one would publish her book. So she said, screw it. And she, I think she was like in her 50, 60s or 70s or something wild like that. And she just decided to self-publish. And now Hay House is one of the largest alternative publishing houses in the world. They produce some incredible books and auth- launch authors' careers and everything. And, and that was all from her. And that book really helps to give, especially with an overactive mind, it explains how our thoughts are created, are deeply connected to the ailments that are created in our body. And And then there's this whole section at the back of the book that you can heal your body where you can look up like a headache or a urinary tract infection or whatever, like all the different things you can look them up. And it tells you the probable thought pattern that caused that. And then a new thought pattern to a new mantra almost to replace that thought pattern. And nine out of 10 times, it's been accurate. (laughs) And I've also done this for a lot of girlfriends and a lot of other friends. And every time they're like, oh, yeah. That's exactly where my head's been. And it's just so crazy how our thoughts actually create a lot of dis-ease. It's what she, she breaks the word disease up to be dis-ease and how we're actually creating this dis-ease in our body through our thoughts. And of course, this can go so far and I'm not, I don't, don't fully believe everything about what she says but i think there's a lot of it that just makes a lot of sense and uh, yeah so that book was really life-changing for me and that kind of was probably one of the first real books i read on self-help that made a lot of sense and activated a lot of change in my uh, thought process thank you for that any shows and movies you'd recommend that impacted you or documentaries i feel like I love the Tim Ferriss podcast, actually, Mm. because he talks a lot about mental health and a lot about a variety of different issues, including now more about sustainability, which I'm really happy to see. Mm. And there's a lot of really amazing interviews on that. So I would say more just like shows, I think, around this kind of topic. Mm. And Brene Brown, she's incredible. Like all all of her podcasts, her solo podcasts, I will be specific. Mm. I don't really listen to her interviews so much, but her solo podcasts are out of this world good because they're so simple she breaks it down so easily and i just love her playful nature around it so i think she's just yeah fantastic so it's more but this is the thing people have to find what works for them louise hay Brene brown sometimes tim ferris these kind of people they work for me because they all have very overactive minds and they've all suffered in and out of um, depression anxiety all of the things that i can understand and so they speak a language that i get and they also 
yeah, they're just really digestible and they make it really simple. I really also like Joe Dispenza. Everything time I do hear him, I think, wow, that, that makes a lot of sense because he make, he explains how the science and the spiritual work together and it and he makes it really clear and really easy, but he's a neuroscientist. So those people kind of work for me. So I, I like the kind of intellectual meets, I wouldn't say spiritual, but more like philosophical side. I have this last question. At the end of your life, how would you know you've lived a good life? Oh, what a great question. <sighs> the thing that I'm searching for most in my life and that keeps me battling through the darkness is finding peace. It's not even happiness. It's it's just having this feeling of peace. And if I can get to the end of my life and I found peace and I'm just in a space place where I'm more in the light than the dark. And I really just am satisfied with my life and with my family. And I don't torture myself. I would say that's a pretty good life. <laughs> so for me, yeah, at the end of my life, I hope I've found peace and been able to deeply enjoy that for at least a few decades of my life, because the first few were very painful. Thank you, Steph, for displaying tremendous courage in openly sharing your struggles. Here's one action step all of us could consider. If we are going through depression, anxiety or any other mental health challenge, we could consider seeking help from a therapist. Often people are worried about going to therapy. They're not sure what to say, whether it'll work or not, but there's only one way to find out, giving it a shot. Some people are not sure who to go to. In the show notes, we'll be listing therapists in Singapore that has been compiled by a leading blog here. You could also check out the previous episode where we talked about intimate relationships with Dr. Oberdin Marinetti. He's a leading therapist in Singapore who you could consider as well. I have personally greatly benefited from therapy and I'm happy to talk to anyone about therapists, the experiences that I've had and how it's helped me in life. That's it for today's episode. I hope it was useful. We'll be back with the next episode two weeks from now on July 19. I hope you join me for that. Till next time, have a wonderful day ahead. Bye-bye.